Hello, Middle Church family. This is Junko and Tomoki coming to you from Japan, and we want to welcome you to Middle Church during this special month of May. If you take a moment to center yourselves as we get ready to invite the Holy to join us. And now, let us worship our God together. ミドルチャーチの礼拝へようこそ一緒に神様を称えましょう Hi everybody, my name is、uh, Clark Kent and that really is my name、uh, from birth、uh, 50 odd years ago and、uh, I am on the west coast of the US I'm in Cresswell, Oregon which is not far from、uh, Eugene, Oregon Hi everyone, I'm Victoria Guzik, but my friends tend to call me Tori. My pronouns are she and her, and I'm coming at you live from beautiful New Jersey,、uh, a couple stops down the train line from the city. Hi, I'm Celestial. Pronouns are she, her. I'm from the Bronx,、um, the Parkchester section of the Bronx. Hi everyone,、um, my name is Tara. She, her pronouns. I'm in Brooklyn, Canarsie, Wanape land. Good morning, everyone.、Um, oh, welcome. My name is Sophia Kisua Adifofe.、Um, I am coming from the land of Tennessee, Cherokee people.、Um, that's Tennessee. Regularly, I live in Brooklyn, New York, East New York.、Um, I'm from the Bronx. If I make my bed in hell, you're there. If I say I'm going to run to the. My friends, if you would stand as we sing our first hymn together. Hello, people in the balcony. Woo! Hello, onlineers. We love you.
Hello, Mido. It's time for message for all ages. Come over here. Let's make a circle around here. Okay, I should. Okay, happy Asian American and Pacific Islanders Heritage Month. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I am from Japan. So today, I'm going to share one of the Japanese culture, one of the gesture. Okay, have you seen this gesture? Do you know what this means? In America, sometimes people use this to say hello, konnichiwa. But actually, we don't do this to say hello. This has you know, five meanings. Okay, let me share. <laughs> okay, the first, it's a prayer. So when we go to a shrine, temple, funeral, we pray like this. Okay, and second, number two is, means thank you, showing the gratitude. Thank you, thank you, yes. And number three is please asking something. It's sometimes sorry too. <laughs> Because after asking, we feel sorry, so that's why. <laughs> and this is what I'm going to teach today. Number four, itadakimasu. And number five is gochitou sama. So, itadakimasu. Itadakimasu. This is uh, like a prayer before eating. Instead of praying, we say itadakimasu. Actual meaning is this, uh, like receiving, or oh, I'm going to eat. In Japan, people believe uh, gods and spirits dwell in all things, all things, not even the living things, like mountains, trees, rivers. They all have spirits. So to eat means to receive their lives. So we, this is the way we show the gratitude. You know, thank you for the food. And also we, we show the gratitude to the people, person who cook the meal. And also the people who raise the plants, you know, vegetable, grow the vegetables, fruits, and taking care of animals, we say thank you. So itadakimasu, everyone say before eating. This is itadakimasu. Itadakimasu. Can you say that? Itadakimasu. Okay. And number five is gochisou sama. Gochisou sama. This is, this we say after eating. There's no actual meaning in English, but, uh, but it means thank you for the delicious meal. It was great. Thank you. And also we say the person who paid the, the meal at the restaurant. And also we even say thank you to the restaurant staff 
means ごちそうさま。Okay, let's say it together. ごちそうさま。Thank you. This is all. Thank you. Okay, let's all sing Sia Hamba. Historical Society at 145 to participate in their Black Dolls exhibit. There's already a lot of people who've signed up to attend, and so if you want to go do that、uh, right after worship, please feel free to join them either right outside following worship, or you can meet them on the steps of the New York Historical Society again at 145. Also, and then oh, and just to say, it's going to be a guided tour of that exhibit, so it's going to be a really good time. Also on Tuesday, May 24th. We want to invite you to join us for Becoming Reparations People, a salon presented by Middle Reparations Task Force. Go ahead and clap for that. That's right. So this is indeed a online virtual program, and so you can sign up or get the information to sign up on our website at middlechurch.org/events/becoming. Again, middlechurch.org/events/becoming. And finally, we want to make sure that we lift up、uh, a group, a small group of ours, part of Middle Church called Middle Pray,、uh, Players, and they are putting on a new show as we speak. And so we want to invite you all, those who are interested in in acting or interested in different types of creative expression, to join this group on Monday nights at 6:30 p.m. on Zoom. You can get more information about this group on our website as well. So these are some of the ways that we are rising at this time and in this season. And so, with that, I want to invite us now to get into a posture and a spirit of prayer, and let us go to God in this moment.
So let us now take time to say the words that Jesus taught his disciples so long ago. You can find these words in your bulletin, or you can say whichever words resonate most closely and authentically to your spirit. And we say it together. Ever-loving and holy God, hallowed be your name. Your reign come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the reign and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So in a world that is yearning and crying out for peace, let us take just a few moments to pass some peace to each other. So for those who are joining us online, those who are here with us in person, I invite you to wave a hand, make a friend, and pass a piece of Christ with your neighbor.
Amen. Let the glory of the Lord rise among us. Let it rise. Thank you, choir. Hello, everybody. My name is Jackie. If you're here for the very first time, we'd love for you to show us that by giving us a hand raise or something like, woo! Welcome. Welcome home. We're glad to have you. And my friends online, are you here for the very first time? If so, welcome home. We're glad to see you as well. Um, it is really wild and wonderful and strange to be in this place in person, isn't it? So I want to thank you for wearing your masks. Um, I am COVID-free this morning, so I'm going to take keep mine off for the preach, but put it right back on. We, the congregation, have to love on each other enough to keep each other safe. So even our little ones are masked, and I'm so proud of that. I want you to take care of yourselves, though, also, right? Like, be safe out there in the world and know that COVID is spiking, spiking, spiking once again, and we just want to be gentle and careful. The rules say if you've been in a big crowd, you should test yourself. The rules say if you've been exposed to someone, you should test yourself. If you find yourself positive, you should get right to the doctor because there are new meds to take. So that's not my sermon. That's my welcome and preamble. <laughs> so I wanted you to be clear what was happening and not happening. <laughs> so. Will you say a prayer with me, please? Holy One, how grateful we are to have a place in which to gather and a community in which to be ourselves. We thank you for this magical, magical place called Middle Church. That is Middle Church everywhere. Bless us as we listen for a word from you that will encourage a life of faith. May the words of my mouth 
and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amanda's here and brought some special friends, so welcome to special friends of Amanda's. We're glad you're here. I'm delighted that my special friend Titus Burgess is here. And God is here and you are here, so let's do that. Um, listen for a word of God from scripture. Uh, this is again from the book of Revelation. It's a chapter 22, verses uh, 1 through 5 that I'll be reading from the NRSV, the New Revised Standard Version. Listen. It's called the River of Life. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. On either side of the river is the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, producing its fruit each month. And the leaves of the trees are for the healing of the nations. Nothing accursed will be found again in the city, but the throne of God and the Lamb will be in it. And God's servants will worship him they will see God's face and her name will be on their foreheads. And there will be no more night. They need no light or lamp or sun for the Lord God will be their light and they will reign forever and ever. This is the word of God for the people of God. I've said this before, and I want to say again how scary the book of Revelation used to be to me. And for a good reason, I think. It is full of images of chaos and pain and heartbreak. And as a young theologian, I came to understand the metaphor that John was working in this book. The metaphor of the beast. The metaphor of empire. He was prophesying and critiquing, and that's what apocalypse is. It's a revelation. It's a sea. It's a seeing of what's happening and a seeing what's coming. And he was prophesying and seeing about the beast, which was empire, which was Babylon, which was Rome. And in his revelation, he had frightening images of the way empire works. Images of destruction, of, of devastation, of poverty, of hunger, uh, images of people at war, warring factions, images of the beast, rising up out of the sea, which was a way he used to describe the chaos of empire from a Hebrew worldview. The sea is not like, let's go skiing on the water skis, but the sea is a place of tumult and pain and sorrow. So the images are frightening because he was frightened. The images are traumatizing because he was traumatized. And he carries that metaphor of beast all the way through the scriptures, even to this text. Last week, we talked about chapter 21, and we talked about there being a, a sense of, um, of wholeness and wellness, no more tears, no more crying, no more death. And this week, John is taking it, pushing it a little further, taking that city image, the image of the city in which we don't even need street lamps or light because God is so present, and he's taking us back to Genesis to remind us of what it looked like for there to be a peaceable kingdom, God's reign before humans got, you know, 
jiggy with it, if you will. <laughs> but that sense of animals living together and the, you know, the creation pure, the water pristine, and the, um, the vegetation lush until, quote, the, the human beings fell down and wanted to be like God. So can you hear what I read, the sense of hope, the sense that the people who were forbidden to eat the tree of life, now there is a tree of life. Instead of there being one fruit, and that one fruit not being an apple, it wasn't an apple. It's probably a pomegranate, but <laughs> kumquat, I don't know, it wasn't an apple. <clears throat> but that one, <laughs> I know, but that one fruit that they ate uh, cursed them because God told them not to eat it. And now in this text, there's a reversal. And it isn't that there's one fruit, it's that there are 12 kinds of fruit. So maybe an apple now, I don't know, but 12 kinds of fruit the number 12 in Jewish lore, meaning perfection or wholeness. So 12 tribes of people, uh, diversity of people, different kinds of fruit for all the fruity different kinds of people, I wanted to say to make you laugh. Um, but this is this kind of, yes, that, this kind of wild diversity that acknowledges how different we are and God wanting to nourish each of us exactly as we are. Can you hear that hope in that? Can you hear the hope once again that the city will be so full of God's glory, of God's presence? Um, John says there's no need for temple. There's no need for synagogue. because the light, no, no need for street lamps, y'all, gas or otherwise, because God's light is so profound that all of those things have passed away. Hear the hope in that, but hear the critique in that, a critique of religion. Like John's trying to put all the religious people out of work because <laughs> perhaps they have been empired is what he's saying. You with me? And he, so he takes this empire image all the way through this text where he now says, yes, yes, there was a throne of Caesar and now the throne belongs to God and to the Lamb. And he's trying to say the one that God made emperor, the one that God set up to rule the world, is not a sword-carrying, you know, helmet-wearing, uh, violent person, but someone as soft and tender as a lamb to lead the sheep. Um, and they sit on the same throne, which John is saying the one who God appointed to lead us is like God. And God is like that person. So God is also, John is also dismantling the hierarchy. It isn't like this lamb is set up above all the people. The lamb is like the other lamb. Y'all with me? Hear the hope in that. And flowing from that throne where the one that is like God but is also human, on par, if you will, with all the other humans, from them flows the river of life. Do you know that Carly Simon's um, Let the River Run is um, inspired by this text? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it is. I don't know, I just wanted to share that with you <laughs> because I think it's fascinating that a, like a secular songwriter is also inspired by this vision of wholeness and healing and wellness. Let the river run through all the nations. Here's this river running through the city. It's not a muddy river, it's not an East River, it's not the Hudson River. 
It's not the Detroit River. The, the children living next to it are not drinking dirty water. I just wanted to mention that. It is a clean, pure water that is the living water that is for all the people. And on either side of the river are the trees, that tree of life on either side, planted. And the leaves on the trees are for the healing of the nations, not the healing of the Jews John would have been writing to, not the healing of the Greek people who John would have been writing to, not the healing of the Christians who hear this text and think it's judgment on all the other people. Because, you know, the early church was a traumatized people, needing to set itself apart from the other people who were traumatizing them. And the church took in, interjected this sense of judgment and that all of the people are going to become Christian and then God's going to love them. But that's not what the text says. It says that the healing on the leaves of the trees are for all the people, all the goyim, all of the nations, everywhere, all of them, the black ones, the brown ones, the white ones, the, all the different kind of white ones, you know, when they had ethnicity. Yeah, Ukrainians and, you know, Dutch and you with me, the British, all of the people. All of the people. All of the people. And then the one sitting on the throne says, it's finished. Can you see it? Well, it's not finished. But there's a promise that it will be finished. In the first line of the book of Revelation, the writer of John, who we think is John, the beloved disciple, we think it's John who was with Jesus on the way, on the road, and touched Jesus' wounds when he resurrected. This John, who's now old, writes this book and says in the first line, I'm your brother in tribulation. Like, if he's trying to identify himself, he's not saying, I'm the disciple Jesus loved the most. He could have. He says, I'm your brother in tribulation. I'm your brother in tribulation. The word in the Greek there is a word, Flipsis, which is deeply difficult to say when you have an overbite. <laughs> so say it for me. Slipsis. See what I'm saying? Slipsis. T-H-L-I-P-S-I-S. Who can say that? I can't. But it means, yeah, thank you. Stop now. It means, <laughs> it means tribulation. It means trauma. It means literally crushed down, physically pressed to the earth. It means impinged. It means squeezed. It means wounded. John does not identify himself as badass disciple of Jesus. He identifies himself as sibling in tribulation. It's a traumatized person who lived a life with Jesus, who watched his mentor, his beloved, get killed and rise again, who nonetheless wrestled with the whole testimony of such a thing, was cast out by the Roman emperor and sent to live on Patmos because he dared to believe in God instead of in Caesar. The traumatized one writes this text, full of images of beast and empire, and that ends in hope. Hope that the empire will be struck down. Hope that what is broken will be fixed. Hope that those who are lost will be found. Hope that those who are at enmity will be at peace. Hope that all of God's people everywhere will know that they're so loved that their trauma doesn't cause them to traumatize each other. Trauma, I just can't memorize this, maybe because it hurts. But the APA defines trauma as an emotional response to a terrible event 
like an accident or a violation, children in the room, or a disaster. And the, the APA, the American Psychological Association, says there's three kinds of trauma. Acute trauma that happens from that one-time event. We lost our moms, trauma. Somebody violates you, trauma. Somebody hits an Asian auntie in the head while they're on the street, trauma. You feel me? Acute trauma. Chronic trauma is the repeated and prolonged of such a domestic violence or abuse or event like these. Trauma, the repeated beating of the Asian aunties because the stupid Trump called the flu Asian. Trauma, are you with me? And the complex trauma is exposure to varied and multiple traumatic events, often of an invasive interpersonal nature. Complex trauma, Asian people living in a context in America where all the Asian people are thingified. They're either beautiful and smart and shiny and sexually gorgeous and they play violin and math and they're not oppressed because they're almost white. Or they cause the flu. And that's another kind of thingified. Complex trauma, black people living in a nation in which we have been thingified, commodified, made enslaved, sold, bought, ripped from our families, so-called emancipated, lynched because we got the right to vote, rights eroded and taken away, another civil rights movement, and we were earned the rights, and then the court guts the rights, and we are complexly traumatized in our bodies, in our homes, in our schools, in the world, and therefore, no excuse. We are so capable of thingifying somebody else because we're wounded. How heartbreaking is it that a traumatized person beats another traumatized person? Come on, somebody. Do you feel the grief I feel that that's where we are today? Gloria, do you feel the grief I feel that that's where we are today? So, um... When I was looking at this passage yesterday, and John mentions the word curse, thank you, in verse three, he's talking about anything that is unpleasing to God. And as we continue to celebrate AAPI Heritage Month, for me, that curse that John is talking about is a xenophobia and the continued violence against the AAPI community which stir this violence and cause people to hate, I believe are two things. The people who are sheep, who listened and followed the previous administration, when he said that Chinese people started the, the, the pandemic. And just to be clear, my friends, the AAPI community is not a virus. And if you think otherwise, come see me later, we'll have a come to Jesus moment. And the second one is hate or preconceived ideas that are passed on to us from our ancestors. Growing up, some of the elders were not keen of black or brown bodies. I grew up watching that racism play out, not only in my family, but also in my church. You know, and as I watched that, and I struggled with it because I was told that God is love, but on this other hand, in this church, you're making fun of people that don't look like you. And it really like made no sense to me. You know, and 
I couldn't wait until I got, was able to get out of the, the neighborhood school and go into a school where there were people that didn't look like me that, you know, other people. And, yeah, it's just hard. I mean, I lost my place, guys. I'm sorry. You know, I, I, it, I wonder why it seems that most attacks on members of the AAP community are committed by black or brown bodies. And part of it is because the media plays that up, that another black or brown person has assaulted another Asian person, has assaulted another Hispanic person. That stigma that keeps building up because the media plays on it. You know, every time I hear of another attack, I just pray to God that it's not another um, black or brown body that's done that to another one of my community. Because, you know, it's, it's frustrating because I'm part of the community. And I just want to tell people, stop, stop drawing conclusions based upon the past. You know, it's just really hard. It's because, I don't know if it's because the Asians look they're easy targets. That, you know, grandma, grandma who's sitting in the park playing cards or, or someone just hanging out with their friends is, in, is, is marked because they're Asian because they're just hanging out. You know, it's just hard. You know, we gave out 700 units of pepper spray one Saturday afternoon in a matter of 30 minutes to the community. What does that tell you? What does that tell you? We're all traumatized by, the, by COVID. We're all traumatized by the hate. We're all traumatized by the stigmatism that comes because one person with orange hair, whose name I shall not repeat, started this whole thing. And people drank the Kool-Aid. And we need, we need to get together as a people to heal to support each other. We, we drank the Kool-Aid. We did. We, we almost can't help but drink the Kool-Aid. Mm -hmm. The Kool-Aid is the water. It's in the water. The hatred's in the water. The xenophobia's in the water. The compete with each other's in the water. That we aren't going to be each other's teams in the water. Divide and conquer's in the water. But there's another water that John talks about that's flowing from God and God's Lamb through the city. And that's the water I'm inviting us to continue to drink here, middle family. We don't have to drink the poison water. We just don't. We get to drink what we want to drink. And, and, and so there's three things. You know, I'm your pastor. It's always like, go and heal the world. What I want to say to you today are three things I hope we'll do as we try to drink different water. And one of them is to remember that it starts with us, that hurt people actually do hurt people. Mm -hmm. One of my friends, Michael, and I were talking the other day, and I was like in tears about, uh, uh, honestly, a series of microaggressions that made me want to punch somebody in the head. So I thought I should call him instead of punching someone in the head. And we were just doing that coaching, talking thing. And he said, you know, Jackie, when you're hurt, you can have, are you ready for this? This is going to startle you. When you're hurt, Jackie, you can have a scorching the earth, Jackie. I can have a scorch the earth, Jackie, in what? <laughs> Hell yeah, I can. And I said to myself, when I know I'm getting to just about scorch earth, I better get my therapist on the phone because I don't really want to scorch the earth. 
I'm just scared, I'm frightened, I'm sad. You have a coping mechanism when you're ready to scorch the earth or punch someone in the head. I know you do. So what do we do right before that? What's our, what's our response before that? Because we're not going to um, make the new heaven and the new earth with old tactics, right? So I'm thinking about how you take care of you and how I take care of me while the microaggressions become conscious in us and before we kill somebody, there's this gap and that's the place for therapy, for acknowledging our soul injury, for talking to a good friend, for taking a nap, for going for a walk. I'm not kidding. We've got to address our wounds if we're going to heal the world. That's one. That's one. Right? Okay. Two, if we're going to heal the world, we have to be radical truth tellers. Now, Gloria and I have known each other a long, long, long time. We met when we were five. No, we have known each other for a long time. And we're just about the same age. And we have, over these years, told each other the truth. And when Gloria tells me the truth, or I tell Gloria the truth, or I tell someone else the truth, we are liberating each other. I am not saying cuss everybody out, although sometimes you want to. Mm -hmm. And occasionally you might. Yep. Just to say, right? But the truth will liberate us. But it doesn't liberate us if it's inside us festering as a wound and making an ulcer. The, the truth liberates us, right, Gloria, when we... Speak on it. Speak on it. Let, let it out. Let it out. Let, let it go. Don't let it fester. That's right. Don't let it fester. Speak the truth as an act of love. Say to somebody with the I statement thing, like, I was really disappointed when you, you know? Can we break bread and talk about this? Like, don't let it sit inside you. You will cuss them out, and that's not helpful. So taking care of your own soul injury, having fierce truth. And I think the last thing to say is like ferocious courage. And we have visitors here today, we have visitors online who've never been in a physical space, but it takes ferocious courage to sit in a room with people who are not like you. Somebody say amen. That's why the churches are segregated at 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. Right? In the black church this morning, there's a whole lot of they saying, and it feels good, to be frank. Somebody's saying, they've lost their minds. These white people, blah, 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 blah. And the people in the audience are going, amen, hallelujah. <laughs> and they're going, say that, pastor. And then the pastor says more of it. Because <laughs> it's true, white people have lost their minds. <laughs> oh, did I say that? No, I'm sorry. Some, some, some I could, I make you laugh. Some white, some white people, <laughs> Some white, people don't, some white people don't have as much mind as they had last week. I'm joking, that's right. Some white people have lost some of their mind. Come on, Graham, right? Give me an amen, right? And so, and so in, a, in a certain context, we, that's the end of the sentence. But that can't be the end of the sentence if we're going to be in relationship with each other. That's right. Okay? So you are courageous, my white friends, my black friends my Asian friends, my Hispanic friends, my Indian friends, my indigenous friends, my straight friends, my queer friends, when you rub up against each other in this sucker and risk microaggressions and somebody might say something that offended you in the meeting and the song didn't really speak to you because it was too something that's not you. Do you feel me? Get out there, whatever. It takes courage, ferocious courage to be in a multi-ethnic community. I'm so proud of us. I'm so proud of us. 
but it's not enough, okay? There's work to do. And having read Robin D'Angelo is not enough. <laughs> Sorry, it's not, it's not enough. It's not enough to say my pastor's a black activist. <laughs> That's not enough either. It's not enough. It's not enough to say some of our siblings are Asian or we celebrate AAPI month and Lunar New Year. That's not enough, okay? We're gonna go all the way to the edge of what's comfortable so we can heal the world. We are gonna take risks together to heal the world. We are gonna be fierce truth tellers to heal the world and we are gonna to tend to ourselves so we don't hurt each other. Amen. That's what we have to do, amen? So in conclusion, Gloria, what do you want to say? Let's take it to the streets, guys. Show them, show them what we got. You don't know me, but I'm your sister. I don't know these words, but it's all you. has a band that'll jump in on your key. Come on. <laughs> Thank you all. <laughs> it starts here. It flows here. And it goes out there. That's how we heal the nations. Amen.
blessed day The dark sacred night And I think to myself What a wonderful world Oh, the colors of a rainbow So pretty in the sky Are also on the faces passing by I see friends shaking hands saying how do you do they're really saying oh I love you I see babies cry I watch them grow they'll learn much more Hey y'all, happy Sunday. I just came by real quick to say a thing. I'm gonna get on out y'all's way, okay. Um, so, we have an online member who's doing the JTM today, and I just needed to come on here to say that this person, God bless her, um, didn't share fully what they do for middle. Like, you know how y'all do. You know, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. And I appreciate that, but I got to shout her out because she does, um, you know that weekly that you see online that gives you like all the information of what's happening every single day at Middle? This person builds that. So I want to acknowledge that there are ways if you're an online member that you can indeed participate in the movement, right? Um, one thing that comes to mind is being an online usher. Cough, cough, hint, hint, nudge, nudge, <laughs> wink, wink, okay. Um, so just, just a heartfelt thank you to um, Sung Young, who you'll hear from now. Hi everyone, I'm Sung Young, currently living in Seoul, South Korea. I first joined the middle in 2018. I went to New York City to study graphic design in 2014. Until that time, I didn't, didn't know that I was a lesbian. So living in NYC was very liberating for me and finding a church like Middle was lucky for me as well. Because not everyone has access to church like Middle, not everyone can choose where they can worship. What I really especially uh, liked about Middle is, is it actually effectively helps people. I could participate in it butterfly program 
where I could distribute sandwiches to people in need. And at the time, even though I didn't have a job, I was looking for a job as a student. I still could give what I could. So big and small, it all counts. So if you're thinking about joining Middle, please go to middlechurch.org slash join. And also you can uh, donate what you could what you could uh, by scanning the QR code on the screen via Venmo. And, and please ask uh, Middle staff if you like to help Middle a little more. So it all counts and uh, we're looking forward to meeting you. Thank you.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you.
Yes. We've got to lead with love. Love fierce enough for ourselves that we tend to our soul wounds so we just do not accidentally beat the hell out of each other. <laughs> love enough for our posse, our friends, our family, that we just tell the truth, that take the risk and tell the truth so we can build bonds of healing together. And the third thing is we have to have the courage, the ferocious courage, to keep building communities like these, to keep coming through the door, even when your head gets smished and your arms are bruised, because this is the only way we're going to build the reign of God on earth for our kids. Speaking of kids, I don't want to embarrass him, but there's a young person named Brooks who's not really a kid anymore because he's 10, but he has been helping build our media table, and I think that deserves a big old thank you from folks. And for all of our children, let's do inside work and outside work and take it to the streets so we can build a world of love. Go and do it. Amen. Wait. Just one second. One second. One second. My, I'm old. My brain doesn't work. I wanted us to give a benediction to Daryl. This is, this is his last Sunday. He's working this week. But, but the next Sunday, he's going to be on vacation like me. So just to, just to say, everybody doesn't know Daryl. Daryl has been here for a year and a half doing great work with us. Thank you. And, and is going off to new adventures. I think as part of taking care of himself. Yeah. Yep. And my, and my baby and girl. And his baby girl, whose name is? Kaylani. <laughs> so can you give a benediction to Daryl and Kaylani? Thank you. God, we ask that you would bless Kaylani's daddy with so much love for himself and for her. Thank you for the gift that she is in the universe. May their love flourish, may their well-being be secured, and may whatever Daryl touches next be lit with light. Amen. 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 <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.